0: Everyone faces challenges every single day. Some are chosen and bring us joy. Some are given to us and bring struggle or pain. Whether the diagnosis of an illness, the news of a friend's death, the loss of a job, or a bike accident, we may be asked to step up to face issues that demand courage and perseverance. Hurt is just one of the many aspects of full lives. Each week on this show, ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope. Dr. Joanne Dahl helps us understand how we can use acceptance and commitment therapy to learn to accept what we cannot change and move forward into a valued life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joanne Dahl.
1: Welcome to ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope. Today I want you to join me for a discussion about a painful subject, suicide Suicide means the process of purposely ending one's own life. Looking at the statistics, it's a pretty sad story. About 1 million people worldwide commit suicide each year, and somewhere between 10 and 20 million attempt suicide. In the U.S. alone, 30,000 people kill themselves each year that we know about but probably many more in what look like accidents like single car accidents. Suicide is the eighth leading cause of death in males and men are more likely to commit to succeed in taking their lives as compared to women but women make more attempts. Among teenagers between 15 and 19 boys commit suicide five times as often as girls and men between the age of 20 to 24 commit suicide 10 times more than women. So for this age group, suicide is the third leading cause of death. Now suicide has actually increased every year from the 1950s to 2000 by as much as 300%. And as far as we know it, we're the only species on this earth that commits suicide. So today, we're going to learn about how ACT can be used to prevent suicide. Remember the ACT has three parts. Accept, choose, and take action. How can ACT help people that to, to, who see sol- suicide as a solution go from hurt to hope? Our guest today is Dr. Kevin Podk. He is a psychology chief in the Veterans Affairs healthcare system in the U.S. Kevin is best known for developing what is called the Matrix Diagram for learning and doing act training and therapy. Kevin is also the editor and author of a book in progress for New Harbinger called The Matrix. The Act Hexaflex Made Easy You can read more about Kevin on his homepage And also about this coming book By clicking Kevin's name on this this week's program on webtalkradio.net I want to welcome you, Kevin
2: Thank you, glad to be here
1: Kevin, I know you're up in Maine right now Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Kevin could you could you tell us in the in the the radio listeners are always interested in the in the man behind the the researcher and the clinician what got you interested in suicide?
2: I volunteered for a suicide hotline at the university I was going to over 30 years ago.
1: Okay. Uh,
2: and can't remember exactly why.
1: Okay, were you in college at the time, or?
2: Yes, I was an undergraduate at the time.
1: So, were there what type of people were calling into a, a suicide line?
2: My very first call was somebody asking me whether to put their clock forward or backward during daylight savings time. Oh. Uh, I always remember that because it was very funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> other than, but other than that, it was quite the letdown. You know, you think there's going to be an emergency call. And I, I know I told her fall back, oh. uh, and so. But other than that, it was both. I would say majority of well, women, you know, young women uh, that would call in, which were uh, thinking, thinking about it. And as far as I know, none of them ever completed a suicide. But we would we would talk
1: but what what were they what would they talk about what what were they struggling with
2: uh, usually failed relationships and uh, failing at college and some combination and bad relationships with their parents uh, it's usually the suicide it's a perfect storm of three or four things get together you know flunking out of school you've lost your relationship and you've got to Bad relationship with your parents and 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 people go into a tailspin.
1: Yeah, you you write something about trauma memory work. What was there trauma involved in this?
2: Well, back then I probably didn't know much about trauma, but now since then uh, there is some trauma memory. St- things that show up you know people with traumatic experiences recalling the traumatic experiences and in trying to avoid them that gets into the mix
1: okay so you you mean that that they would call and and they would have some kind of trauma in their background and and suicide would be some kind of a su-
2: what a solution
1: a right. solution okay a
2: set, a, that suicide is because Somebody is in so much psychological pain; they just can't see another way to avoid it. Other avoidance strategies have run out, and so then, for some reason, that solution comes up in their minds. Uh, and uh, if they think about it enough, and a few people, as you noted in the introduction, go all the way to the point of convincing themselves that is the best solution to get away from the pain.
1: Yeah, what what kind of trauma would that be that would that would elicit that type of drastic solution?
2: That is usually people that, in my this is my experience, who have long term sexual abuse as a child trauma memories. Mm. Uh, so it's it's pretty deep seated stuff pretty painful stuff, rather than somebody who just, you know, went through a, a, a hurricane or a tornado or a flood or something like that, who might have developed, you know, have trauma memories from that. They're, these are more long-term, over many years, trauma memories.
1: Yeah, yeah. Kevin, you once said to me that your life has been about making trauma memories work simply. What, what do you mean by that? Well, most
2: people, when you say the term trauma and trauma memory, uh, and more commonly nowadays people will just say PTSD, which stands for post-traumatic stress disorder, that brings up a, a, a lot of uh, thoughts in people's minds that the trauma memories are difficult to deal with because, of course, people who have trauma memories do think they're difficult to deal with and then clinicians start thinking they're difficult to deal with and and if everybody believes they're difficult well then they're difficult uh, turns out they don't have to be difficult to deal with you can deal with them pretty straightforward uh, Lee and and, and and get on get on with life so my mm-hmm. I've been doing this for 25 years or so. It's it's pretty simple and straightforward now for me.
1: Yeah. Well, that, that, and we're looking forward to hearing more about that, Kevin. So but I just wonder, you know, I mentioned in the beginning that That uh, humans are the only species on this earth that that actually purposely end their own lives as compared to animals that we don't know of any species that that does. So how could you explain what makes people different than animals when it comes to suicide?
2: Very briefly, from an ACT point of view it's language. And language allows humans to re-experience heart and even amplify the hurt inside of us by telling stories to ourselves you know thinking uh, and and so you, you think of the painful memories and the pain shows up and that's language and other animals well as far as we know we can't be for a hundred percent certain but it doesn't seem other animals are able to turn hurt inward like that and and in a way practice having the hurt and do it so much that it becomes so painful that you become to believe that the only way to get away from yourself is to kill yourself Mm. Uh, and uh uh, it's and so from an act point of view it's how do you get in and and, in a Or loosen up that language, uh, get out of that language trap. Uh, Mm. And to, to, but as you know, I'm an ACT practitioner, and so far that has worked for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I remember a story when you say that, Kevin, of. the thought of if if we were, if, if you were to shut out a man and a dog outside you know in this new england snowstorm for 5 hours and then after 5 hours let them both in you know what would be the difference between what how the yeah. dog would act and how the man would act and yeah.
2: yeah we we even we even uh, in my program we we give that story even more we say that guy's been locked out of his house by his teenage daughter or son yeah so when they get in the house, the guy is just storming and, oh, my God. And several hours later, he's still, a dog has, of course, gotten something to eat and a little something to drink and laid over by the fireplace, and it's sleeping away. And
1: very, very happy to be inside. <laughs> exactly. And the
2: guy's still fussing about being outside, and a teenager that locked him out, and all kinds of stuff, and just going on and on. And that's, you're, exactly, that's that verbal, you know, Internalization. We, we repeat the story over and over again inside our heads.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, tell me, Kevin. And you've been working for a long, long time now. And and you say that it's not so hard. So, how? And I know you 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 are the creator of the matrix as a diagram. Can can you explain what the matrix is? And and also, uh, well, first, explain what the matrix is.
2: the matrix is a simple diagram that engages people when you show it to somebody it engages them in the act process Mm -hmm. Uh, and so rather than having to explain act to somebody you simply show them the matrix and by showing them the matrix you engage them in the process and that's it you're in the act process now you're doing it once you see the matrix
1: Okay, well, what tell, tell us what the matrix looks like? It's it
2: looks like uh, it, it, there's a vertical line and then there's a horizontal line that that crosses the vertical line just like crosshairs you might see on a TV show or something uh, in a scope or whatever or or, or just like the graph that you saw in high school or junior high mathematics you know you got the vertical line and you got the horizontal line and uh, positive numbers to the left negative to the left if if you can recall that it looks just like that
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and then uh, we put a few simple words at the top and the bottom right and left and we get started
1: okay Okay, so get, yeah, let's get started. How, how would you use it for someone? Well,
2: first of all, I would have somebody like you or the listeners can get out a piece of paper and draw those two lines. Just draw a straight vertical line and then a, a line over, you know, a horizontal line, cutting it in half so you get the crosshairs. And then I would ask you, who is important to you? And so you would answer me, who's important to you? And it's stuff like family, friends, sons, daughters, you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so as you answer me, who's important to you, you would write that in the lower right-hand part of the matrix. Mm-hmm. Because when you did the drawing, you created four spots, four quadrants are called. So in the lower right-hand part, you write who is important to you. Family, friend, sons, daughter, girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever. Mm-hmm. I mean... I don't ask any ever anybody to divulge the actual name of anybody, but mm-hmm. if you want to on the sheet of paper, you can, because it's your sheet of paper.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, the next question I ask people is, is what kind of stuff shows up on the inside of you and gets in the way of moving toward who's important to you? Mm-hmm. And the answer to that question goes in the lower left part.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's stuff like fear and... the probably the one of the more common ones people write down there is anger because anger Mm -hmm. can certainly get in the way of moving toward who's important to you. Yeah. Okay. And then we go to the upper part. Uh, The upper part is actually the uh, outside your skin stuff, behaviors that other people can see you doing.
3: Mm -hmm. And
2: so you write down the kind of behavior that you might do to get away from fear or to get away from anger. Mm -hmm. So fear you might say well i would run to get away from fear you might from anger you might yell to get a get rid of anger
3: mm-hmm. so that
2: goes in the upper left part mm-hmm. and then in the upper right part you write a behavior that you could do to move toward who's important to you yeah so you might talk mm-hmm. you might go to dinner you might go to a movie
3: mm-hmm. go,
2: vi- go visit they like to say that here in maine mm-hmm. that's so. Uh, Now you have that, the basic elements of the diagram, except now you put a a fairly large circle right in the middle over the crosshairs, and you write noticing, and the whole process is noticing who's important to you, Mm -hmm. and noticing what shows up and gets in the way, and noticing what kind of behaviors you do to move away, Yeah seeing what kind of behaviors you do to move toward mm-hmm. and with that with that language what i usually have people do is over on the right hand side on the horizontal line i write the word toward mm-hmm. for moving toward things that are important people and things that are important to you so that's toward mm-hmm. and on the left hand side there's a way and those are away moves the stuff that we do to move away from the junk going on inside of us that we don't like
3: mm-hmm. and it,
2: does both toward and away behaviors we all do it's it's part of life the act process is noticing all of this stuff going on
3: yeah it's all,
2: all the psychological flexibility model mm-hmm. and the act process is essentially looking over at that left-hand side
3: mm-hmm.
2: and asking the question well am I doing too many of these away behaviors yeah Am I doing so much of this that it's taking me away from the stuff on the right-hand side? Yeah. And if that's the case, what you do is accept, there's the acceptance part of ACT,
1: mm-hmm. that you have
2: that stuff in the lower left-hand side. Yeah. And you go ahead and do the behaviors to move you toward who's important to you while having the stuff in the lower left. That's it. That's the whole act process.
1: Okay, <laughs> Kevin. So if, we- so if we were to take a, what were we gonna say? Did I? If we were gonna take a an example of a suicide patient that maybe you've had, um, could you explain like how? So how would you do the that same process with um, a person that's that's considering suicide?
2: Oh yeah, and so. Most recent one, uh, the lower right hand, the lower right hand part, was wife and children, were the who were important to this person, and uh, on the left hand side, you had shame and guilt, embarrassment, just in general, sort of psychological pain, and what shows up, of course, to begin with. And a lot of times in this diagram, we just we go ahead and uh, talk about thought being as behaviors. Now they may not be, but their thoughts about what you might do, and suicide is a thought about what you might do. And so, when a person has suicidal thoughts, what they noticed was just having a thought relieve them of some of the pain. Mm-hmm. So we go up and we look at that process, and we say, okay, so what is showing up on the inside of you, on the left-hand side? And the person says, well, you know, shame and embarrassment. You know, are showing up. Uh, you know, I'm worthless kind of stuff shows up. Uh, and so, okay, and then what shows up? And I said, well, then I start thinking of killing myself. Now, I do separate it out and say, okay, so you're sitting there thinking of killing yourself. What's your body doing? thoughts. Are you walking? Are you sitting? And the person will say, Well, usually I'm sitting. I'm, I'm sitting in my chair. Uh, okay, so you're sitting in your chair and you're listening to these thoughts of uh, of side Is okay? And uh, when was and then I break them off of that. Uh, I would ask them, what was the last time that you did something to move toward your wife or your children? So the person would recall they did something. We would talk about that, thoughts, feelings of their children showing up and doing that, and just looking at that whole process uh, of what's going on with them, uh, making sure and looking at. Of course, sometimes people will start thinking, and this person is thinking, "Well, if I killed myself, that would be the best thing for my wife and children." It's like, oh, so that would move you toward your life. And children yourself would move you toward and it, is that what you're saying and so at that point the person says huh well not really uh, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. not quite looking at and that's we're, we're just looking at that process and that really the person comes up with that on their own it's like mm-hmm. oh, my, that's not going to be the solution that's really going to get me toward my wife and children that's how we do it that's that that's the basic scenario of how you run the matrix to somebody. And all the while they're staring at that diagram.
1: Yeah. Well, Kevin, so you mean like if uh, if, if I think of you know traditional way of working with suicide, uh, you're not trying to coerce them or convince them.
2: You are quite correct. As a matter of fact, that's a very typical way of working with suicide. That where, you know, with wife and children, you yeah. try and guilt them. You say, uh, you don't want to kill yourself because look at the bad things that would happen with your wife and children. Mm-hmm. And, and that is this coercive way of doing it. Now, this is just looking at the process. Okay. And is that process really going to come to a conclusion that works? Okay. There's that workability thing of act.
1: Okay, explain that workability so they're they're no they're there you've you've used the matrix to actually help them to notice the process and then that they they come to their own conclusion uh that the process they're they're on is not really going to be effective in what they w- want is that
2: yes so what the, what what act is, the matrix has done and what act is doing notice I started with the question who is important to you yeah. In act terms that's called a value a valued mm. life direction mm. and given a valued life direction you can now run an analysis asking are the behaviors I'm doing moving me toward my valued life direction so now with a person who's thinking about killing themselves we can say the person, not me, but the person can ask: mm-hmm. Are these thoughts of killing myself moving me toward my valued life direction of? In this case, it was wife and children. And this person ran that analysis and said, "No."
1: That that sounds not working. That, that sounds really interesting, Kevin, and very different. It, that it sounds almost like a a navigation instrument that you give them. And then they do experimentation and see that yeah I'm I'm not on my track I'm uh, you're giving them some waypoints there so that they can they can calculate or calibrate, uh, and and just look at workability rather than if it's right or wrong or.
2: Oh yeah no yeah I, I that kind of stuff. Uh, it did my opinion doesn't work very well, especially with people who are thinking about killing themselves They're quite used to hearing about those arguments. Mm -hmm. Uh, And no, this is act is experiential is to get somebody into the experience of what they're doing. And, but then act is also about workability is what I'm doing, working to move me toward what do they use? And valued life, uh, vital life, uh, Mm that kind of terminology and and now the person can look at it uh and make up their own mind because it's not it's not my job to make up their mind i know it's very tempting to say oh no 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 suicide's horrible it's bad you can't do that you shouldn't do that and whether i believe that or not which i do you know i do believe it i've everybody i've been in this business long enough to know some people that were thinking seriously of killing themselves 20 years ago and Mm -hmm. chose not to and to a person they all said they're really glad they didn't kill themselves Yeah, yeah they're they're very happy about that so i do know that i know it's it's a good idea not to kill yourself but it's awfully hard to say that to somebody that's caught up in the pain Right uh, and so I want to show them the picture of it uh, and but that's part of the usefulness of the matrix and why I usually do it on a piece of paper or a diagram because mm. now they can see their process projected out in front of them.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: And that's that act term of
3: diffusion.
1: Yeah, I, I've also had that experience in rehab of people who have tried to kill themselves, for example, by shooting themselves in the in the mouth, and but have survived and quite deformed, but survived, and uh, they often are very happy to be alive and um oh, yeah. and have a complete oh, yeah. completely different perspective. It sounds to me like the Matrix is a way of perspective taking of of it's uh, yes, hmm, and just a little bit of perspective taking and changing a perspective can can uh, help people see a little more clearly
2: yes I didn't start off with this is a radio interview but usually I would say to someone I'd say I would say something like I'm Kevin Polk and I work from the psychological flexibility point of view is it okay if I show you that point of view and notice I just said point of view twice yeah, and that's that perspective taking you're referring to.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like that. I think it, it it does sound very simple and warm and compassionate when you when you talk like that, Kevin. It doesn't sound like you're trying to pull or push people, and you're respecting them. Uh,
2: I, I I just want to show them a point of view. That's all, and they can take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Uh, so far, everybody's taking it.
1: Okay, so you—that—that <laughs> that, that sounds good. I think that you're—you're you're such a compassionate therapist. You're—you're you're probably pretty irresistible, not to go along and at least give you a chance to see from your point of view.
2: Yeah, I haven't heard doubt. Uh, to, to their credit, I've taught a lot of people. Uh, how to use the matrix diagram that is therapists and counselors and such and I've never heard any of them report back to me that somebody refused to take a look at the point of view yeah. most people are willing to take a look at a point of view mm-hmm. like, hey sure sounds good to me especially mm-hmm. I'm trying to build curiosity
1: yes yeah, yeah.
2: heard the words I use the psychological flexibility model that usually gets everybody curious. They yeah. want, Well, what's that? I mean, yeah. at point of view, really? Okay. Yeah, I wanna see that. I've never even heard of that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: and, and I get that curiosity. And Joe no, I practiced this like over two thousand times before I learned how to do that.
1: Yeah.
2: It's yeah. A, it's yeah. a well practiced routine that I teach people.
1: Yeah, Kevin. If we have we're we're getting towards the end of our program, if we have some radio listeners with us today who who might themselves uh, be considering suicide or have family members who are are thinking about it, that how could you help such a person get from hurt to hope? What advice would you give?
2: Well, far as professionally, you need to tell somebody to seek professional help. You know, if you're really in that. Go, go seek out help uh, and somebody to talk to. Uh, if you have a family member, uh, and that means you're probably thinking about convincing them to go get help, uh, and uh, that's okay. You know, you, you, you need to do that, and that's the the right thing to do is to try and convince them to get help, do whatever they can. Now, with that said, I have had lots of people like hundreds of people, that will simply take this diagram that I showed you today, that Mm -hmm. I showed you in words, and show it to other people
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and say, I just want to show you this psychological flexibility point of view. Mm -hmm. We know that a lot of people that take a look at that point of view do get a little bit more psychologically flexible, and they might be just a little more flexible about going to get help. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would do that. Uh, you don't want a heavy handed people in this. They're, they're already hurting a lot. Mm. Somebody's thinking of killing themselves. They're in a lot of pain. Yeah. Uh, mm. And it doesn't take too much pushing on them to add to the pain. and You, mm. don't, you don't want to do that. But then again, you can't do nothing. Uh, mm. That's not a very tenable position either. So mm-hmm. uh like, gee, boy, it sure would be great if you could get some help. You know, and I heard this. You know, wild psychological flexibility model on the radio or something. I don't mm, know.
3: Mm. And
2: people will do that, and they'll show it to other people. And seems seems to work a lot of the time. Mm. But if you're thinking of killing yourself, go go talk to somebody. Even if it's just your family doctor or something. You know,
3: mm. uh, yeah. there's
2: there's help out there. There's lots of very very nice people who will really work with you. You know, like you. <laughs> there are all kinds of people out there that'll really work with you. You know, and and and, and get you the other side. And what I can definitely say is, my goodness, I, I've probably known. A few hundred people who have thought about killing themselves mm. and every one of them are glad that they did not yeah it's 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 a phase and maybe that phase lasts for six months or a year so it feels like it's forever but it's mm. not it's not forever you get mm. you, you can get past it mm. uh, and there are people you can visit with and you can get past it faster
1: well, thank you, Kevin. I think that's good advice for helping people to go from hurt to hope. So thank you for being on our program today.
2: Oh, well, thank you. It was a pleasure.
1: You've been listening to Dr. Kevin Polk. Uh, Kevin is the psychology chief in the Veterans Affairs Healthcare System in the States. He is known for developing the matrix diagram for learning and doing acts, training and therapy. And he is the editor and the author of a book that is about, is in progress for a new harbinger. So you can read more and learn more about Kevin by clicking his name on today's program on webtalkradio.net. So today we've learned uh, more about suicide and how to go from hurt to hope. Maybe not so difficult. And uh, take a look at Kevin's Matrix and see if. Maybe for yourself or for family members, if if that could be a help to you. So thank you for joining us today.
0: Thank you for joining us today. For more information about Joanne, please see her website at joannedahl.com or click on the host website button in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. You may also see her books, The Art of Science of Valuing in Psychotherapy, Living Beyond Pain, Using Acceptance and Commitment Therapy to Ease Chronic Pain, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy for Chronic Pain values in action, and epilepsy, a behavior medicine approach to assessment and treatment in children. All of these are found easily by clicking the cover or going to amazon.com. We hope you'll join us again soon for another episode of ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope.